It was the Mets of times. It was the worst of times. Mets Route 360 starts now. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Something about the the little musical interlude here, this version of Meet the Mets, it, it's able to kind of tamp me down a little because I'm not getting getting sung to. I like that Good. we have the musical. Good choice by Mark, who probably didn't even realize that this has not been a great week for the Mets. There were a couple of great flashes of, of excitement. This is like the show tunes version. This is the solid gold dancers version. But anyway, welcome to Mets Rap 360. I'm Christian Blatt. Twitter, Instagram, all the good stuff. At Christian DMZ. Joined, as always, by Melissa Weinstein. At Melissa Wein. M-E-L-I-S-W-E-I-N. A little later, we're going to have a guest, which I'll tell you about when we get closer to it. A return guest. But, Melissa... I texted you a little bit beforehand, yeah. just giving some logistics as to which studio we were in and all that stuff. And I said it's not going to be a fun show. I disagree. You disagree. I am fascinated to hear you explain why this is going to be a fun show. Let's point out, by the way, for those watching on YouTube, Musa is not wearing a Mets shirt. Now, granted, it's the Jets in a logo that is basically a homage yes. to the Mets logo, but you are not wearing a Mets shirt. I refuse to do that today. I thought about wearing my Gare shirt because it was Gare's birthday yesterday, and I think he deserves his own birthday Yeah, you need to not apparel. disrespect. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, don't, don't. But when I was getting ready, I decided I wanted to wear this, and it was a perfect opportunity to do that. All right, so that's what you're wearing, and yes. that's why, and that's also just to let our iTunes listeners know that she is wearing something different, but why... <laughs> Is this going to be a fun show? I'm still not convinced. Although well, I do enjoy our guest. He's always been great when he's been on Well, before. Jaren is fantastic. Yeah. Um, I have a, a ton of pages of fun facts. More fun than last week. Last week they were just You're facts fun. that yeah. were sad. Um, <laughs> yeah, they were the opposite of fun facts. But this week, this week they're actually pretty fun. And then if we go back to Tuesday... The game that didn't happen. Uh, the I best was, game of the week. Well, I disagree, <laughs> but I was actually really excited that we got rained out that day. Obviously, I, I love every day that there's a Mets game because it is what keeps me awake and keeps me going at work. But if we only have to play 31 of our first, our first 31 games against the NL East instead of 32, that's you a lot better. You find that to be a little bit yeah, better. Yeah, and also we close yeah. the year. Our last five series of the year are also against the NL East. We have three games... In Atlanta, three in Miami, and then we have three at home. Right, versus... and that series against Atlanta is where... Oh, no, that's actually at Atlanta. But yeah. this game is going to be slotted into the end, like one of the last weeks of the so season. So it's the second to yeah. last series. Right. And so now our last 16 games instead of our last 15 are against the NL East, and hopefully the Mets pull themselves together before then. And so you're hoping six... that they're not 17 games out of a playoff spot at that point. I think I think that's fair to say, yeah. That's fair that that's so what you're hoping. My... It's very realistic that they could be. <laughs> my but, hope uh... is that those 16 games mean a lot more now, and so I'm, I feel better that the Mets didn't play on Tuesday knowing that hopefully they will have gotten their act together and that that last game is going to be all the more important. Yeah, I was going to tweet at you that after the game got rained out, I was like, oh, at, at least the Mets haven't lost since our last show. And then I remembered... The Sunday night game wasn't over yet when we did our last show, so they had lost. I since. intentionally did not take any prep notes on last Sunday's game because I don't want to talk about it. You want to just ignore it and pretend that it didn't happen just because Daniel Murphy hit a grand slam in the first inning? Actually, that part doesn't bother me so much. But yeah, I mean, ignoring ignoring things and pretending they didn't happen is just kind of how I go about life. 
Yeah, it's worked but, out well so far. But as is so often the case, that was a game where they got a little closer, and then it just got put out of put out of reach uh, yeah. by Ryan Zimmerman, who I think is up for a contract this year because he's playing like. And he I is. wonder what's going to happen. Yeah, I, he's going to be a DH for the Yankees, and maybe he'll stay healthy. So you know, but uh, you know, good friend of David Wright, Ryan Zimmerman. But oh, uh, where's I, David Wright? Doesn't matter. He's not there. Yikes! Somebody's getting a little. Uh, I'm, I'm upset, but I'm also I got so many facts. I'm just excited. Okay. <laughs> so you have so many facts that I want to let you dive into them before we uh, have our guest join us while we talk about the bulk of the week. We're okay. not really going to spend that much time on Sunday, but I did want to mention it in passing because it was something that we hadn't had a chance to cover last week. But fun facts or actual fun facts, not sad facts. Um. Okay. Well, you have six pages of fun facts? No. So these are just game notes. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, okay. Fun facts. And then we'll do silver lining facts kind of as we get to them. Great. Um, last week I went through and was saying that the uh, – so last week we, we were recapping five games. And I mentioned that the opponent scored first in all five games. Correct. The Mets also lost all of them. But I was going through and kind of figuring out, does that matter? And so far this year, it doesn't. So the Mets have 10 wins. They have scored first in six of those wins. And the Mets, in their 14 losses, have scored first in five of them. Okay, so, so it's that's... It's a 6-4 split on the wins and a 5-9 on the loss. Okay, so that's... Yeah. Almost inconsequential. I think that, that that doesn't necessarily have that much to do. You know, I think, I think uh, you know, getting a final turn at bat, not, ha- not getting walked off, I think is something that can sometimes help, especially in long extra inning games. But, yeah, scoring first doesn't necessarily mean anything. It, it's a good emotional boost, right. but obviously in terms of but statistics means almost to nothing. devil's advocate that, getting put down five runs in the first inning like well, yeah and it, ha- it happened today although they were only down four but you know they gave up five runs in the bottom of the first so there is sort of the that reversed effect there's an emotional mm-hmm. way that it's kind of keeping you down but uh, all right so that's, an, that's a fun one um last week we had eight errors in five games and five hit by pitches in five games this week seven errors in six games not good but better <laughs> And only one hit by pitch, which I believe was Wheeler on um, Adam Eaton. And I know I wrote it down, but I don't know where it is. So I'm not that organized. No, um, but you, there's just one, though. So that's just ten. one. Just one. So, so pretty happy. Not good, but better. Yeah. So that's a not good fact, but a better fact. Yeah. And then as we go through the week, I'll kind of throw out some more not good, but better facts. Um, and then my favorite thing to do is to discuss the rule book. And there's a great call, great call I, from yesterday that we can a, definitely There's a discuss. call that's very important that uh, we do have to discuss from Saturday. Uh, my rule book. Yeah. So uh, what we'll do in a moment is we'll bring our friend uh, Jaron Kiviet. Uh, Jaron Kiviet. I said his name wrong the first time, but uh, he's NYM underscore news. Yes. And uh, he has a tremendous following. He does a great job. You know, he has a lot of information that he shares, but he also has some fun polls and opinions and things. And uh, he does some good graphics, you know, so it's a fun account. The uh, Instagram account is kind of the one that uh, has the most stuff, but he's also on Twitter at NYM underscore news. But uh, and, and we'll have him on in a little bit once we know that he's there. So we'll kind of get his thoughts on some of those things. Uh, Jaron, I believe you are with us. Jaron, welcome back to Mets Wrap 360. No. 
he was shaking. I thought that he was there, but uh, he'll he'll talk to us when he's ready for us. You know, maybe he's being a little shy right now. <laughs> uh, one of the things that I thought about when you know when the the Tuesday didn't happen, you know, there was the extra day off. There was the rain. I felt like it was kind of I was felt a little reinvigorated. I was a little gener- energized. I'm like, okay, we can catch our breath. We're gonna have a good couple games against the Braves. I'm, I'm sure that we'll walk away with a, a, a win, probably two. And you know, I think that there was a point that we thought that Syndergaard was gonna start on Tuesday against Tehran, and you're like, well, that worked on opening day, so maybe maybe that gives us a chance to win. And the idea that Gaselman was getting skipped, I'm like, yeah, that's probably a good one. He hasn't looked great, and uh, that's <laughs> so not what none happened. Of that happened. And then he uh, did start. And he looked terrible. Julio Tehran looked great, and I definitely remember his name now. Yeah. I'm not going to forget his name the rest Never of the season. Never again. I forgot his name in the first, uh, the, the first, first show, show of, the of the year. And uh, he's making sure that I don't make that mistake again. Uh, that's the one I was referencing, one of several, unfortunately, that he gave up five runs in the first inning. And that was pretty much the end of the game, for me, anyway. You know, they, they did get, they got a little bit closer, but, you know, that game, that just felt like a game they weren't going to win. I mean, with three errors, yeah. Yeah, and and that that was really the thing. That those are so frustrating to watch. And you the know, fundies, the fundies. Always when Keith the fundies. is there and they are not talking about the fundies, that's very frustrating. Uh, let's uh, bring our friend Jaron Kiviet from NYM underscore News in here. Uh, Jaron, thanks so much for joining us again on Mets Rap Three Hundred and Sixty. Yo, what's up, guys? How you doing? We're doing all right. Uh, we were starting to talk about uh, some of the specifics on the week. And, you know, there uh, were a lot of errors this week. Melissa, how many errors did you say that there were? There were less than last week, but still a lot, right? It was seven. So we had seven errors this week. And, you know, Jaron, anyone who watches Mets broadcasts know how much Keith talks about the importance of the fundies. Do you feel like the fundies were really lacking this week? Oh, yeah, there's no doubt the Mets were looking horrible fundamentally, even the week before that, too. I mean, just like these past two weeks have been, you know, pretty brutal and like on all aspects, too. You know, offense has been has been inconsistent. The bullpen has been pretty inconsistent as well, mostly bad. And then, of course, the defense as well. So like every on all, on all counts, it's a horrible two weeks of uh, Mets baseball. Yeah, and, you know, after Thursday's day game, which we'll talk about in a second, I was convinced that we were going to have a show that we talked about today where they didn't win any games. Just because, look, I know that you can beat Max Scherzer, you can beat Steven Strasburg, but you just felt like this Mets team wasn't going to go in there and do that. It, it wouldn't, in my mind, it didn't matter who was starting for the Mets. Those are two guys that they just didn't have the ability to beat. So that made Thursday feel that much worse. But of course, the big story on Thursday was I feel so many times when I'm watching Mets games that it's kind of a rerun because I'm like, <laughs> haven't I seen this before where uh, Cespedes is hurt, doesn't go on the DL, comes back, says he's fine, and then, oh, no, I'm actually more hurt but than I said I was. that's just Cespedes. Well, that's everybody. Well, and believe me, we're going to get Everyone. to know Syndergaard. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. I mean, it was just like it happens in the Thursday game, Jaron, and I'm just like, well, of course he wasn't ready, right? I mean, it wasn't really a surprise, but of course it was a huge disappointment, right? Yeah, of course. And like, as um, uh, as Michelle, uh, Michelle was saying, uh, it's just like everything. I mean, like the Mets always get. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, not Michelle. Melissa, Melissa yeah, that's see, okay. It's, it's still me. <laughs> 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 I 
Uh, but yeah, it's like on all counts, like the Mets just always, you know, they always downplay injuries and always come back. It always comes back to bite them. You know? See, so, and and the Washington new. Nationals are a team that they downplay their injuries to the press, which is fine. The Atlanta Braves have always done that. They'll never tell you when someone's hurt, and that part's fine. But it's like when you have the information that someone might be more hurt than they're telling you, and you play them anyway, and and it's just so many times that it happened, and it's like. Yeah, why did you need to rush Cespedes into a day game against the Braves? Probably because they had lost so many games. And people had not been talking about there being any threat to Terry Collins' job. But I think if they had lost every game this week and they had lost all the games against the Nationals, you'd at least start to hear about it. I know the players love him, but if they just weren't winning, I was like, why is nobody talking about this? But then they won... Two great games against the Nationals, so that's a different story entirely. Melissa, what did you want to say? Well, I was going to say, that's part of the problem. I love Terry Collins. I think he is a great manager. He's definitely a player's manager, and he's definitely a fan's manager. But the problem comes down to him trusting his players, and he trusts them too much. I mean, Syndergaard's a perfect example. Syndergaard refused to get the MRI. This is back earlier in the week. Sure. And Terry said, fine. No one knows his own body obviously better than Terry knows his body. And clearly today it comes back to bite them. Yeah. I mean, no pitcher, not, well, not no pitcher. Most pitchers are not going to tell you like, you know what? I'm not ready to go. I have this little thing here that, you know, the only pitcher that'll tell you that they're done and they're out of gas is Roger Clemens in 1986 (laughs) for the Red Sox. It's the only time it ever happened. I'm of course exaggerating, trying to make light of something that makes Mets fans feel better. But at the same time, you very rarely get told, especially by starting pitchers. Of course, you know, plenty of position players will do that. You know, (laughs) if you think about Cal Ripken and that streak that he had, how many times that he should not have been out there, but he, you know, he had to keep it going for that sake. And, you know, the other part of the story on Thursday was that Matt Harvey just did not have it. And when you knew he was going to start, like, at what time did they let him know? Was it like 1030 in the morning? Like, oh, by the way, because clearly whatever he did on Wednesday night, I think he was out late. Okay, so that's what I was thinking. He clearly came to the ballpark hungover. I mean, I don't have any proof of that, but that's where my mind went. And he wasn't prepared. My excitement for Thursday was to see Syndergaard face Dickey. Yeah. I wanted to see the two guys pitched against each other who were traded for one another. The game all of I a love sudden stuff like meant that. nothing to me, and it hadn't even started. Yeah, and I mean, that was just an awful game, and uh, we'll we'll get Jaron's thoughts on some of that. And, you know, we always try to find the silver lining. Jose Reyes had a home run in that game. So it was nice to see that he's at least realizing that, look, there are a lot of guys who can play third base and not get any hits. So, you know, just because, uh, you know, you have a chant that people used to say 10, 12 years ago doesn't mean that you get to stay in the lineup. Uh, Jaron, as, as you kind of see that Thursday game and especially what happened with Cespedes, uh, what, are, what are your thoughts is just sort of, did you feel like it was going to be an indication of, of what, they had in store for them for the weekend that we were going to see more of that or did you feel like it was going to be a wake-up call and like no no this is the low point for the team well i don't know if you guys saw but there's a video that was released that like literally the day before the the whole stuff of the century happened he was seen uh in bp and he like uh apparently like hurt his hamstring or no whatever it was even more and he was in he was in like a lot of uh, you could easily see like he was in a lot of pain and the fact that the Mets still, uh, you know, decided to start him after that, and then they still decided, uh, decided to, you know, tell Harvey, oh, yeah, by the way, you're starting, you know, three hours before the game. I don't know if you guys, like, want to say it or not, but I think it's pretty obvious that the PR department has been awful this year and many years. Uh, yeah, no, well. I, mean, I, 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 think, I, just, I think you're right, yeah. I'll disagree okay. entirely. The players and the coaching staff continue to throw Jay Horwitz and his 
team under the bus time and time again. And if Terry's going to call him a puppy dog in the middle of a press conference because he's <laughs> forcing him to, to announce things that should be announced by, you know, like how it's well, always been. I, you know, I don't know who to point fingers at, but uh, there's obviously bad dissemination of information, and I don't really care what they say to the public. It's They clearly don't understand. And, if, you know, there's a video of him in, in batting practice, you know, clearly not feeling right. It doesn't matter what he tells you. Just use your eyes and know that, you know what, he's great. But we don't have the 15-day DL anymore. He could go on the 7-day DL. You could have made it retroactive a couple days. And just... The fear of using the DL is probably my biggest knock on Terry Collins. Jaron, I know you're not a big fan of Terry Collins. At least you haven't been at various points in the last couple seasons as I've known you. What do you feel is his level of responsibility for these last two weeks? Uh, I think it, he definitely has to have a big part uh, in it, you know, for sure. There, there's times where this team like looks absolutely dead, like literally no life in the team, and that that definitely falls on the manager. And but I think another huge part of the Mets' struggles has to fall on Jose Reyes, uh, as we saw last year. He, he was the spark plug easily, you know. And when he went cold these first two weeks, uh, first two or three weeks, as did the Mets. And you know, when he got hot this weekend, as did the Mets. So I really feel like the Mets are starting to live and die off, you know, Jose Reyes, even though Terry Collins also hasn't been great either, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I think that Reyes is actually a much more important part than, you know, his salary might dictate. And I think that, you know, that kind of enthusiasm has always been infectious around Jose, except for when he was in Toronto. But other than that, (laughs) uh, you know, because he didn't have any enthusiasm, uh, maybe in Colorado either. So basically only when he's been on the Mets and that year in the Marlins Marlins, because he was getting paid so much. But in general, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right, Jaron, that that's incredibly important and you know look we have and when we at the end of the show when we talk about the players of the week we've had great contributions and i think that you feel like at least to some extent guys took it to heart when they rolled into dc on friday look they beat max scherzer and you figured at some point it was going to happen i just didn't think it was this week i didn't think that these mets that were going to be on the field that day were going to beat him and granted it got a lot closer than it needed to but they did have a 7-5 win and you know, Darno knocked in five runs, a two-run home run and a three-run home run, all of Max Scherzer, which that's what you hope to see more of from that guy. And, you know, that's great. DeGrom looked fantastic in that game. I think he had 114 pitches. I think I read that. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that's that's what you need. It's like don't have the magic, you know, the magic 101 guys that got to be out of the game. Just – you know, judge of the situation. Obviously, you don't want to overwork these guys, but he was just dealing, and he looked great, and the team actually scored runs against one of the best pitchers in baseball, a guy who has no-hit them. You feel like he's no-hit them like five times. But... I always forget that, and then you remind me, usually while we're live. Yeah, then and you're like, oh, yeah, my Max soul. Scherzer's really good. He's not just some weird freak with two different colored eyes. He's actually oh, a real... Yeah. You're like, I forget about that, too. <laughs> Look, he's a he's a good pitcher, and... You know, Saturday was another great game because uh, they beat Steven Strasburg, which that's happened more often. Uh, Robles, of all people, gets the win, and we actually get a save for Familia. Two Conforto homers, and there was another homer from Reyes. So, uh, Jaron, you first. Let's talk about the two good games this week. Let's talk about both Friday and Saturday, how you think they looked against the Nats, and if there's any takeaway that you can kind of see from those games that maybe we didn't see in, unfortunately, all the other games that they lost this week, the three games that they did lose this week, basically. 
Well, yeah, I, I really feel like even though the Mets lost today, I feel like they just got their fire and their spunk back this weekend. You know, the first two games were great games in the series. You know, they look fired up as ever. Jose was also playing a great Conforto continue what he's been doing all year. And then Travis Darnell is also uh, starting to get hot a little bit. And I, I feel like Travis was getting hot also before he got hurt, too. I, so I also think it would be safe to say Travis was picking up where he left off before he got hurt. Yeah, uh, no, anyways, I think if, if Darno hadn't today, missed time, he was Darno yeah. was definitely on a great trajectory before he actually, you know, he, he missed a little time. And it's good because a lot of times, especially, even with Travis Darno, when they come back, when he comes back, you're just like, oh, that's not, it's not the same guy. But yeah. I'm sorry, Jaron, what were you saying? Well, yeah, even like people like, you know, are like, yeah, if you look at the score, the Mets obviously got destroyed. But after Noah Syndergaard got hurt, I think the Mets show like a lot of uh, you know a lot of toughness to be able to come back and make it a six to five game. After all that happened in the Mets, every time they'd come back in the game, the Nationals would just push it even more. So I feel like even just the fight back to six to five was impressive in its entirety. Yeah, there was that point in the game where it actually felt like you know what I, if that had been. Last week, I would be like, well, they're definitely going to lose it. At that point in the game, I felt like, wow, this could really be impressive, losing Syndergaard. But ultimately, Sean Gilmartin is not a guy who should be on the mound that long, unfortunately. And, you know, when you get to a point that, you know, poor Kevin Ploiecki, he's got like a 36 ERA now. It's only 18, okay? Oh, okay. It's so, only 18. So I saw it before he got any outs, I guess, or before he, I think when I saw it, he'd only gotten one out. Okay. So, and, you know, but he'll get that ERA down the next time he of has course. to pitch. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, in all honesty, I did not see the final out of that game. I did have to come over here and do a different show. But... I wasn't disappointed that I didn't see it because my understanding is that game ended twenty three to five. Is, That's correct. Yeah, so I definitely didn't miss anything, and and I had a friend at that game, and uh, you know he and I feel like you never leave the game. He he left when it was like nineteen to five. Yeah, but I, I gotta give credits to the the Nats fans who stuck it out. I, oh, well, Nats fans got to sit there and no, watch but, batting practice. That must have been fun for them. I give Nats fans a lot of slack. My grandma's a Nats fan. I yell at her all the time well, about it. We've talked about it on um, here, yeah. And I'll probably call her tomorrow and she'll yell at me. Um, but when your team's being blown out in that weather to sit in the stands, it is unbearable. And yeah. I mean, my parents were at the game on Saturday with the seven line. It was awful. I mean, temperature wise. But to, I just give credit to the fans who stuck fans it who out. Um, but that is the only compliment I will give Nationals fans ever again. Well, what was great was that <laughs> when when Saturday's game started, Jaron, I was actually listening to the radio broadcast, and the crowd was so loud because the seven line was there. It it didn't. I texted my friend who was there sitting with the seven line. I, I said it it doesn't. On the radio, it doesn't just sound like a home game. It sounds like a home playoff game. It sounded like a Mets playoff game. It was so loud. Yeah. You know, he said that when he sat down, he just assumed that Bryce Harper had gotten a hit because it was so loud. But no, they cheered so much because he he struck out. So, uh, you know, that's great. It's very encouraging when you see Mets fans like that. It helped probably that there was a good game on Friday. But you know that they would have been there like that anyway. And, uh, you know. Maybe, you know, Nats fans don't travel as well. But I know what you're saying, to sit there and put up with all that. I mean, look, it, it was rough. And it, it's a 23-5 to game, and I shouldn't want to nitpick any of the decision-making. But when you intentionally walk Daniel Murphy so that the guy who has already had seven RBI in the game gets an at-bat, what do you think's going to happen? 
What, Melissa, you think yeah. something different oh, was going to happen? You think yeah. they were going to no, get him out? I didn't even care about that. I cared about later when Anthony Rendon is trying to break like records and you yeah. know, have the most RBIs and Murph just stops at third. <laughs> well, that's, that's a Murph. That's Murph and for you. That so, made me so, so in, happy. Enjoy Murph. You have another year of him. Nats yeah, fans, it so. reminds me why yeah. I am happy he's gone. So... What a miserable game. I'm glad I wasn't there, like my friend who was. Um, I, I mean, I, I did see most of it, though. And I, I, you know, was I riveted to it? Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, what, do, what do we think? Uh, I'll start with you, Jaron. You know, obviously, we don't know exactly what the problem is. But what we're looking at now is missing Syndergaard for a little while, missing Cespedes for a little while. And there was, they mentioned also a setback for Duda, that uh, he, his rehab has been put on pause for a little bit. For his own stupidity. Well, he just, well, it doesn't matter. It's like, he's still, when's he coming back? He's, you know, there was a chance they thought he might come back tomorrow. Yeah, but you heard why he got set back, because he didn't wear the brace that he was told to wear. Okay, no, I didn't know that. That's why I say it's his own stupidity. I just thought you were saying that he wasn't smart. Oh, no, I think he's brilliant. (laughs) His name is Duda. Uh, But Jaron, (laughs) your thoughts, uh, how? What do, what are the Mets' chances to even just stay afloat? You know, you don't have to overtake the Nats at this point. You just can't get buried. Do you feel like they can do that while they have this long stretch without an off day, missing their ace, missing their best hitter, and missing Duda, who, you know, is an important part of the team? You know, I mean, he's the guy who actually plays first base. He, it's the only time you have a guy at the natural position. And he hits some long bombs to get RBI. What do you think? Do you think that they have what it takes to to at least stay competitive until everybody gets back? Yeah, um, well, the, well, about Lucas Duda, I, honestly, I feel like the Mets are already used to, you know, missing Lucas Duda oh, that's at this true. point. Like he's, he's, he's hurt every year, you know what I mean? Like, he's a great guy to have, you know, when he's actually healthy, but he's, it seems like he's never healthy. But in terms of the actual team um, playing well, I think we can play well because our schedule is not really that bad coming up. And the Mets are coming off, you know, pretty good, overall a pretty good series in Washington, a tough series to win, and they won that, they won the series, I think. You know, it was a tough loss today, obviously, a horrible loss, but they still won the series, and I feel like they have good momentum, you know, going into Atlanta tomorrow. Yeah, and I talked about this last week, and, I mean, honestly, we we saw it at least in the first two games. For whatever reason, the last few years, this team just plays better on the road. So it'll be interesting to see how they play at the new Braves Park. I actually don't know what it's called. Oh, SunTrust. Yeah. See, I did know. I was very proud of myself. I like knowing what the names of of these parks are, even though they all have kind of, you know, dopey naming rights names. But I I still like to try to keep them straight. And it'll be interesting to see. I actually haven't watched any games that have taken place there. I know that the Braves have played there a few times. But uh, so... We've got four games there as we look ahead to the week. And uh, all these games are at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific for those of us out here. And, uh, you know, I alluded to Mets games feeling like reruns. Well, tomorrow night we're going to get Gesellman and Tehran. And then uh, Tuesday we get Harvey and Dickey. We're going to get DeGrom and Cologne, which that I'm actually looking forward to. And Wheeler and Jaime Garcia, that's the ultimate... uh, you know the Vegas term for a game you, for something you can't bet on. That's like a push. You really <laughs> that could go either way. You know that could. Um, so before we talk about the final series between now and our next show, uh, Jaron, as you look at the way that the Braves have played them so far, how do you feel about heading into this place, this new home for the Braves, for four games, uh, starting tomorrow after they basically got destroyed tonight. Uh, do you feel confident in the Mets' ability to play well in Atlanta? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, they're not really a, a very tough team. Yeah, they definitely, you know, sweeped us in City Field, but they were pretty much playing us at our worst possible time, and are probably it's probably going to be our, the lowest moment, hopefully, this season. So, honestly, I'm confident we could have a great series in Atlanta. Maybe we can win uh, three out of four. I think we have to win three out of four, to be honest. We have to have a good week this week, because we were hoping to get that great week last week, and we had a pretty bad week overall, you know, because of the Atlanta series, but... Yeah, honestly, I feel like we could build off that national series and then uh, ultimately beat Atlanta, you know, beat Miami 2 out of 3, and then hopefully beat San Francisco. Those are all, you know, pretty beatable teams, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean... Not going to be easy to beat, but pretty beatable. Yeah, talk, and we mentioned this last week, talking about dumb injuries, talk about the yeah, advent dumb. of getting to play San Francisco after uh, Bumgarner, what, hurt himself on dirt, a dirt bike or something? Yeah. So, yeah, there yeah. are definitely things like that that sometimes things go your way, but... You know, the Mets have a long stretch of, I think it's 10 straight games, maybe it's even 11, and there's no off days, and Syndergaard's out, so they're going to have to get creative. And I heard them talking about having Rafael Montero start. No. And I'm like, well, that's what they said when might happen. going to learn? I don't know, but they need to learn that he should never start a game. I'd rather have Ploiecki go out there and start. Okay, I probably wouldn't, but I. Oh, God. Uh, so, you know, I agree 100%, Jaron. This is in my notes that they need to win these next couple series. Look, you're not a team that's going to have like a 15 game winning streak right now, but you got to win the series. You won it's the for series. Morale yeah, you won point. the series against, uh, uh, against the Nats. And it's a four-game series against the Braves. You have to not lose that series. The goal is to win it. You definitely can't lose that series to the Braves. I mean, after you were embarrassed by the Braves at home. And, you know, the having the injury happen during the game is no excuse. And, yeah, then there's the three games at home against the Marlins where you're at home. Prove me wrong. Play well at home. That would be great. Play well at home against the Marlins and the Giants. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, like, the the game we don't speak about was a home game against the Giants, but Madison Baumgartner was in that game, so we don't I have. I also that in this. forgot about that. Oh, until so you, you forgot said that it. there was a wild card game? So see, I bring you down. Just kidding! I actually thought you were talking about a different game. Oh, so yeah. that's, that's I was talking. So you forgot about that one too. Uh, oh, yeah. Sean Hooper in the chat. All caps, no Rafael Montero. Agreed, Sean. Yeah, Sean Hooper is oh, absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, see if you can pick out any other uh, comments there in the chat that you want to tell us. I'll, I'll go back to you in a moment. Uh, Jaron, if for some reason Syndergaard and or Cespedes are gone for an appreciable amount of time, do you feel like the Mets are at least willing to try and make a move to get, you know, a bigger bat? Or is Sandy Alderson just of the, eh, we'll sink or swim with the guys we have? Do you think if either of those guys is gone for a while that they will actively attempt to replace them? Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, just like in the in the first two weeks, uh, I, I already heard at the Mets you know, looking at Josh Donaldson and Mike Moustakis. So I just tell us if it was only two weeks, you know, without, you know, just struggling with Jose Reyes, who was pretty solid last year. It tells you a lot. So just imagining, you know, a guy like Cespedes or Noah Syndergaard missing uh, missing an extensive amount of time, you know, honestly, uh, I could definitely see the Mets making a move. And there's there's no doubt in my mind they'd have to make, a, you know, a big move to stay relevant. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're both very difficult to replace, but obviously a pitcher of Syndergaard's caliber is basically impossible to replace. I mean, unless you want to empty out the yeah. farm system, which unfortunately they've kind of already done a few times. But, uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think that, you know, maybe we'll get good news on Noah. Maybe we'll get at least decent news on Cespedes. But, uh, you know, we all hear that stat of their record when Cespedes isn't in the lineup. But 
you know, if if we can get the kind of production we've been getting out of guys like Conforto and Darno, and you know, if that can be the spark play. Look at Jay Bruce. You know, not on the hot streak he was a couple weeks ago. Still hitting very well, and you know, he's not on the hit list for me or most yeah, people and, right now. And he's situational hitting better. You know, he's not always just swinging as hard as he can. Although he does that too, and he will drive it out of the park. So uh, Jay Bruce, yeah, he's off. He's off that list. I'm glad that he's back in the outfield, though. I feel like. Trying to play first base was something that he was not comfortable doing, and that but discomfort. You were really excited about that last well, week. Well, <laughs> I was because then they could have all of their outfielders play. That you know, with a healthy Syndergaard, Syndergaard, it's so, it's so hard to keep track of all the injuries. With a healthy Cespedes, the idea that you could also have Conforto and Granderson, who of course they would never bench Granderson for whatever reason. Tomorrow's even though- May. It's all going to change. Oh, I, you know what? I hope you're right. I hope we can point back to that next week. So, you know, I, I liked the idea of having Jay Bruce play first base because he kept his bat in the lineup. But now we see why you don't do things like that. So you were right. I never uh, said anything No, about I was that. wrong. You're right. I shouldn't have been excited. Uh, so, Jaron, as uh, we're kind of trying to look a little further down the line, but uh, – Let's look back on this week. We uh, always try to isolate our player of the week. Uh, Jaron, who do you think was – and if, if you're having trouble isolating one, you can, you can pick two because you're our guest. Uh, who do you think was the player of the week this week for the New York Mets? Uh, that's a tough one because, like, honestly, if you're looking at, like, overall, you know, positives from this week, you know, honestly, you can only talk about Jose Reyes. He had a big week, you know, six straight great games. He's on a six-game winning streak, actually, so, yeah. I think I'd have to say, um, um, I think I'd have to say uh, Jose Reyes. All right. I mean, he did have a couple home runs, and look, he is turning it around. Uh, I'm I'm actually torn between uh, Conforto and Darno. I'm going to pick hmm. Conforto because he's been more consistent. I am very glad that Terry has kept him in the leadoff spot. It was just something that. A very Terry Collins move would have been to not keep him in the leadoff spot and move him down in the order somewhere else. And he actually said something today that he's like, "Nope, I know Jose is hitting better, but we're gonna we're gonna keep Conforto in the leadoff spot." Good. Yes, that's Took exactly what you should do. And you know, maybe he's getting a little pressure to you know try and make more competent decisions. But uh, I, I'm I'm gonna point at Conforto. Who do you have, Melissa? Before you give us some comments from the chat, T.J. Rivera. Really? Yeah, I was really pleasantly surprised by his work at first base. Uh, I think it was he came in on thir- Friday um, as a pinch hitter and then sure. came in at first. Uh, but it was his first time ever playing first base in the majors. And I was pleasantly surprised. Right before he got sent down a couple weeks ago, he had a few terrible days at third base. And I was just really turned off to the whole idea of him being in the majors. Not a single error this week. And I know that's a silver lining. No, I know that's a huge silver lining. But I was really impressed with him. You know, he did only have two hits, but (laughs) one of them was a home run today, right? Or no, No, that's Rene Rivera. Rivera. As soon as I said it, I'm like, I got my (laughs) my Rivera's confused. Um, But I, you know, he he did the good things, (laughs) and he didn't do as stupid of things as the other people did. So you know what, TJ Rivera. I appreciate, you know, look, there's a lot of weeks where I have to make picks that are like that. I just think that uh, Conforto's bat has been consistent. Uh, Okay, so what are some comments from the chat that uh, you want to share? um, (laughs) Some interesting ones. Might as well try and start Blevins. 
um, why is Grandy? When I was younger, I used to I used to not understand that. You know, it's like. Yeah, why don't you have John Franco start a game? And I, I, I get it now. But I just, I was like, yeah, why don't you? But yeah, no, let's not have Blevin start a game. Uh, Vincey says Tebow, player of the week. T- look, Tebow is uh, tearing it up, but it's in single A, you know. And uh, I have a friend who's a huge Tebow fan. And he's just so excited for the idea that he might get promoted to Vegas because it's an excuse for this degenerate gambler drunkard that I know to <laughs> oh, go to I Vegas. Oh, I was saying for me to go to Vegas. Well, I would – no, I would go to Vegas, but he has an excuse to also go. But yeah, gotcha. uh, because so far I've only – I mean I've I've seen Mets – Rehabbing. I've seen future Mets there. I saw a very dejected Ike Davis having to play uh, first base in Vegas, and he was very much not happy about it. But I saw Wilmer Flores down there. I saw Steven Matz pitch there. So I love going to Vegas and, and checking out, you know, the future Mets. But uh, let's hope Ooh. that uh, we don't have too many future Mets coming. You got some more comments that you yeah, feel like you need to share? There's a bunch that are coming in, but there's two Fast I want to share. Fast and Furious. Uh, Josh Edgen for Player of the Week. He did come in and get a save. You know, I agree with that. Like, that's not my pick, but I can understand that because he came into a tough spot. Uh, we didn't talk about how Familia was very ineffective on Friday night. Uh, Three I, singles. I actually cheated on the Mets that night. I got amazing seats to the Dodger game that night. They they were playing the Phillies, so I felt like I was like, all right, it's an it's an in division game. I want to see an in division team lose. And uh, on the scoreboard forever, it's seven to five. I'm like, well, what is going on? And I I went home and found out. So yeah, Edgen coming in a really tough spot. Did you get uh, to see Ty Kelly play? Uh, I saw like the highlights after the fact. Uh, Jaron, your thoughts on something like that? Like somebody like a Josh Edgen, you know, kind of an unsung hero, somebody that comes in in a spot and performs really big. Me personally, I don't know if the Mets have enough players that are capable of, you know, just exceeding what you think their capabilities are. You know, a Josh Edgen getting a tough save like that. Do you think that there are other guys in the clubhouse that could get some or out in the bullpen? Do you feel like there are guys who are capable of being unsung heroes on this team? I think the bullpen needs major, major work. I mean, the fact that we're talking about Josh Edgen having a great week, you know, really, (laughs) really makes you think, you know, you know, uh, but. In terms of the bullpen, I don't really know what we could do. There's not really that many guys available uh, on paper. I mean, we had a good bullpen coming into the season. It's just they all have been completely exposed. you got Sumilia, who is always shaky. Addison Reed has looked very hittable. Salas is not even he's not even close to that guy he was for, like, those first two weeks or so. And just everyone – Jerry Blevins has also pitched really bad this year, too. So just everyone in the bullpen looks really bad this year. And I, I mean, don't even know if there's one guy who's impressed. Maybe Honto Robles this, like, past two weeks, but – which is surprising because he was somebody that I was very, yeah. I was very difficult. I was very, yeah. I was not easy on him last year, and uh, he has looked good. He did have a win the other day, which is true. Uh, but yeah, I think that the the bullpen leaves a lot to be desired. And the thing with Familia, you know, he's really basically starting spring training right now on the field, and it's showing. You know that he's very rusty. You got to hope he turns it around because if he doesn't, you know, if he's not able to be effective, there's no real chance because, look, they don't have an off day for almost two weeks now. And these starters don't go more than six, maybe seven innings if you're lucky. And we're going to see a lot of the bullpen. And, you know, they might have to get the uh, Vegas shuttle going again. A lot of guys up and down just to just to rest some tired arms. Uh, you seem to be amused by some things in the chat there, Melissa. There's a few. I do just want to say we have so many comments coming in. I can't read them all. I'm very sorry. But we don't please... usually have this many comments, so we have to thank Jared yes, for thank uh, bringing you, his fans along. But for anyone 
who's commenting, yeah, of course. Uh, please tweet us at ABTVMets, at Christian you. DMZ, at Melissa Wine, and at NYM underscore news. We can respond to all of your comments on yes. Twitter. There's no limit to the number. Please tweet to us, um, yes. And if you're someone watching the archive version of this show on YouTube, leave your comments at the bottom. We the, respond during the, the week. The live comments will disappear, so Melissa and I will try and look back at them once the show ends and make sure that there aren't any uh, gems that we miss. But we appreciate everybody. But, uh, Apparently my friend Star Drew had some very unkind things to say at the beginning of the chat. But, but unkind in, in a good way, like logical. He's, look, he's factual. a Toronto Blue Jays fan, so he's not in a he's not in a good place right now. Basically, uh, anyway, uh, Jaron, uh, before we let you go, uh, how's everything going over at NYM underscore News? I, I was talking in the intro at the beginning of the show. You know, you have a lot of great polls there, and you do some fun videos, and uh, you know, just some some great content that you provide. Uh, what do you think people are kind of responding to the best? What are you getting the most likes, the most comments? What are the things that people like most Mets fans enjoy seeing at NYM underscore news? Uh, it's, yeah, it's really tough to say because I just do a whole bunch of, you know, different things. I've done like some quote graphics with like, you know, interesting quotes. Like people have said, like, uh, I've done videos of like Terry talking about the team. But overall, I think, you know, the thing that always, you know, goes viral are, like, the memes I post and stuff. But, yeah, that's pretty much it. What is actually exciting, though, is my brother has, like, you know, a funny, like, comical page he does where he, like, rants on the Mets. And I don't know if you guys know who Barstool Sports are, but they reposted the video, and he's, like, just blowing up right that's now. That's awesome. Oh, wow. No, yeah, I'm, I'm very familiar with Barstool Sports. And the fact that your brother had a video posted there is great. So uh, where yeah, do you guys check it out. Yeah, go ahead. Tell us where to find your brother's videos. It's on Barstool Sports' uh, latest video. So, you know, when we're done, you can just go check it out. It's, it's pretty funny. He's, like, ranting on the team. Oh, great. Cool. Yeah, no, we'll try and find that, and maybe we'll uh, show it uh, next week or, you know, a future week. Uh, well, Jaron, we'll have to have you back. Uh, let's let's try and have you back on, on a, this. This a was a note. This was a less disappointing week than I thought it was going to be. There were at least a couple of bright spots, but... And and Melissa was right. The show was not as much. Last uh, week was awful. Last week was terrible. It was an awful feeling. I also think it was like a thirty minute show because I was just I was messed out by the end That's of that fair. show because we're like looking on our phones, Jaron, and we see oh Daniel Murphy hit a grand slam like while we're on the air, and I'm like oh I can't I just can't. <laughs> That's the but end. let's let's hopefully have you on in a week where let's just be you know not too optimistic they win more games than they lose that's all we need you know we'll have you on a good week a winning week but uh, in the interim everybody should follow you at nym underscore news thanks so much jaron jaron kivy we'll talk to you soon Oh uh, yeah. By the way, guys, I also forgot to add uh, Jose Reyes is a big fan of NYM News too. He joined oh, the live stream. That was oh, another great moment too. Oh, that's, that's great. That's so cool. Well, uh, n- next yeah, time you talk to him, let him know I still have an empty bottle of Cabaret. But if he wants to send us a case, that'd yeah. be great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, thanks, Jaron. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, Melissa, as we wind up in our kind of final minute or two here, are there any uh, last-minute uh, comments there in the chat? Are there just too many to keep there track of? There are so many, and everyone keeps saying, please read mine, and I can't. Um, but you can I'll, read some of them. I'll read them, and then we just won't comment on sure, them. Sure, just go ahead. Uh, what do you think they should do with Dominic Smith? Mm. Um, someone said, it's very early, but if we're playing like this near the deadline, should we be sellers or buyers? Someone said, Ploiecki for Cy Young. Uh, that's very funny, Ploiecki for Cy Young. I, uh, I think that this team will not be sellers. I, I mean, I, I guess if they go into a tailspin and they're like 20 games under 500 at the break, which was insane that I just said it out loud, something like that, yeah, they might. But, you know, what they won't do is they won't deal the great starting pitching. You know? This is an interesting one. I don't really know how to respond to this. Should Edgardo Alfonso be the manager after Terry retires? Well, 
Fonzie is in the organization, but I don't actually know what role he has right now. You know what? Uh, let's make a note. I'm going to look into that and see what he's doing currently. Um, a lot of people wanted Wally Backman to be the manager. Um, I saw him manage in Vegas, and I've seen some great videos of him managing lower than AAA. And I don't think he has the right temperament to be a major league manager. I was a huge fan of Fonzie, and uh, I think having him around the team is very important. I think that he spent some time with Wilmer, getting him more comfortable with second base. And uh, he's somebody that I wouldn't rule out, but he's he's not on my list. I don't have a list of people to replace Terry. We should probably start but even, one. Yeah, I was going to say, because I, all indications is that Terry's done after this year just because he feels like he's done this long enough. Uh, anyway, sorry. So what else do you have there? Um, just a few that I'm just casually... Some We should bench Grandy. Yeah, I agree um, with that. I, I think just give him a, a few let's days. Let's give him May 1st, and we'll see if it's yeah, yeah. an April and slump, it, yeah. like everyone keeps saying. Yeah, if he doesn't have a good May day, he's out. Uh, but. Do you think it's safe to hit the panic button? No. Maxwell no, it, Gordon, it, it, I say no. It's very early, and I think that, you know, heightened concern. Don't panic, but be very concerned about what's happening. You know, you're getting these injuries. If... A, don't you know what bench a guy maybe a day too early if a slump's going on you know don't give him that one more day to turn and it i think around. that's the mets staff in general is, yeah. is guilty of is, is giving that extra leeway and they yeah i, I definitely problems. agree with that and that that those are definitely the problems that we run into across the way well it's it's great to have so many people in the chat we really yeah. appreciate it and jaron brings so many people you know i don't i don't even know how many people there in the chat but uh it, it's great and uh, we, we welcome everybody to come back. You know, we're here uh, most Sundays. I was going to say every Sunday, but we're going to have a scheduling thing coming up in a few weeks that I'll tell you about as it gets closer. But we're here pretty much every Sunday at 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern. Uh, most of the time, we have a whole full week of Mets games to talk about. But we do have another Sunday night game against the Pirates coming up in May. So that'll be another instance where we're on during the game. But in general, you can find us and uh, follow us on Twitter at ABTV Mets. We've added a few followers. It's a little bit more of a modest uptick. So thank you. Um, oh, and I, I have this here in the studio with me. I was wearing today. I'm going to go to the wide shot. My uh, Syndergaard player jersey. And um, I took it off after he left the game because I felt like I jinxed him somehow. I love this shirt. And I, I wear it. And he usually wins. It's the World Series player shirt. It has a little World Series patch on it. But I'll just keep it here on the table until he comes back. And so if you see me wearing it, it means that, uh, you know, he, he's back Something's and we're excited. Around. Although you won't really know that I'm wearing it because it's the back You'll of the tell show. Us. I'll tell you. Well, believe me, I will tell you. <laughs> so anyway, uh, look, it, it, it was a week that turned around, got a little bit better. And then it just ended on a disastrous, nasty note that, you know, once Syndergaard was out, I felt like they couldn't win the game. And as we said with Jaron, the fact that it was close at all was impressive. But Melissa, we'll just have to look ahead. We're going to have seven full games to talk about. We've got four against the Braves, four against the Marlins. Uh, I guess rain rainouts permitting, we'll have seven games. So we'll talk about all those next Sunday. I almost said Tuesday again. I always, I always do that because one of my other shows is on Tuesdays. So Give a next plug. Sunday. Oh, thank you. The <laughs> the political show I host, the Trump Report, is Tuesdays at seven Pacific, ten Eastern. So you can find that there. And if I'm going to plug myself, I might as well mention that the Mystery Science Theater three thousand after show is Fridays at noon Pacific time, three Eastern. So you can find that there. And uh, Melissa Weinstein, you can find her at 
M-E-L-I-S-W-E-I-N. She will tweet a lot during games, and Usually, she'll let you know if she's eating cheese or not. So make sure you check yeah. that out. And you can find me, Christian DMZ, at Christian DMZ, of course, and at ABTV Mets. Anyway, thanks so much, everybody. Special thanks to our guest, Jaron Kiviet at NYM underscore news, and, of course, all of his friends that he brought along in the chat, friends and fans. We'll see everybody next Sunday. Thanks again, and let's go Mets. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 